try not to waffle as much as I did last time as well. I'm not just being nice. You didn't waffle. <laughs> there was a, a, it, I think there was a, if I'd measured it, there was about three minutes of waffle at the end. Oh, was there? Maybe. That's pretty the good. Rest of it was definitely not waffle. <laughs> I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> so I'm back here with Kate Charlton. Hi, Kate. Hi, Tom. The first nice returning guest <laughs> on the Sciatica podcast. I am Omenage. Thank you. Yeah, been enjoying the podcast. It's been good. Oh, thank you. It's nice to hear people listen. I can I kind of never know what happens when you put them out there into the ether. No, definitely listen and definitely reading the uh, all the newsletters. Yeah, oh, that's good to hear. Thank you. Um, And it's good to have you back because there have been developments. (laughs) There have been developments. (laughs) Yeah. Should we recap um, the last? chat we had but quite briefly because I, I think people will listen to both um but it started in 2016 yes um and you kind of got a slow onset of sciatica didn't you after oh, remind me what happened to trigger it I remember Helvellyn yes um that that's when that's when that was the culminating thing I think it had been rumbling on for a few months before Mm. that um in the summer with glute butt pain um and it gradually got worse and then I was changing a bed sheet yes I remember rightly and basically hit the deck because it was so painful um and spent much of about two weeks lying on the floor um in quite a lot of pain before I managed to get up and about and um swimming again and walking yeah Um, and it turned out that I'd prolapsed a disc in my back um which I hadn't I didn't know at that point hadn't found out um where it was it took a few months um yeah, so that's how it started. Mm. Um, do I continue? Yeah, no, that's um, a, that's a nice little recap. And and yeah. because and just to situate the the listeners again, it was two episodes, and the the most recent one was, uh, I want to say la- it was almost a year ago. Would it? Because you would, yeah. you spoke last summer, and you were just starting to feel like you were almost out of the woods, weren't you, last summer? So. Yeah, so the first episode back in 2016, I um, conservatively uh, managed, rehabbed it back. Um, It took about nine months. I think it was May when I was back to doing all of my normal activities. Um, And it was leg, predominantly leg pain um, that time. And I couldn't, couldn't sit. It took me months before I could sit. In February of last year, um, I was snowboarding mm. and had an awkward fall mm. um, and thought I'd got away with it, um, but I hadn't, and the sciatica started again. That time, um, I was up on my feet a lot quicker, um, and within... And I, and I could still sit, which was a relief, given I had to drive back home. It wasn't particularly comfortable, um, but drive back home from France. Um, and within about 
three or four weeks, I was back riding my bike again, um, slowly, not for as long as I had been, um, but I was coaching in Mallorca, um, mm. a triathlon coach. And um, so, yeah, so I was back swimming and cycling within within the month. It wasn't... Um, so I was doing really well. And I think that's when I spoke to you, I was doing really well. I was yeah. a bit smug and bragging. I've just said that <laughs> on my car. The conservative management was going super well. Um, this was last summer. And I think it must have been May we spoke. I'll tell you for why. Um, because in June, I bent o- over to um, open the gates Okay. To drive the car out and hit the deck. It was on the way to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I prolapsed it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was, I don't know, middle of June, I think. Um, yeah. And it was it was very bad. More painful than the first time. Wow. That I did it. Um, I I went. Straight back onto gabapentin, um, and it took some of the pain away, managed the symptoms, but I was actually on maximum dose gabapentin. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't stand up. Couldn't. When I say couldn't stand up, I could stand up, so I could move around, but it wasn't comfortable. Um, I was in an awful lot of pain. Um, I was. Yeah, I was having for the first few days while it was really cute acute, I was lying on my back with my head my head hanging off the back of the bed <laughs> <laughs> just to try and offload it in any which way that I could. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Um luckily my husband through his work, we have private medical care. Yeah. Um, of course we were in lockdown at that point, I think. Yeah. Um and I managed to get an online uh assessment and was referred immediately to um a neuro consultant who I'd seen the first time um straight in for an MRI um I'd prolapsed the same level same yeah. size yeah um and I went to see him and I, I, at that point, I took the decision that it was probably going to keep keep happening, mm-hmm. and I elected for surgery. Um, like I say, I was on maximum dose, and this is probably a month later. I was on maximum dose gabapentin. It was okay, um, but I couldn't work. Um, certainly couldn't do any of my strength and conditioning work mm. um, I couldn't I could hardly couldn't do a lot of my physio work so I couldn't do any of the manual particularly manual stuff so yeah elective for surgery luckily because of covid they weren't particularly busy yeah. so um from elective surgery perspective so I got in really quickly um I got in 11th of August mm-hmm. Um, overnight stay, um, had a laminectomy, um, they cleaned the area out as best they could, um, and I was back rehabbing myself 
within well, 48 hours maybe. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So here I am, what are we now, this January. Yeah. Um, it is icy, so I'm not currently on my bike, <laughs> but I'm back riding my bike. Yeah. Three hours, up to three hours riding. I'm back running. I'm back in the gym. I'm back swimming if the pools were open mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and again i've just built up gradually yeah, so yeah. off all the medication as well within two weeks yeah yeah and i think i recall saying to you the last time that i had n- absolutely no problems with gabapentin mm-hmm. um, at all um and apart from when i knew that i needed to reduce uh, my dose um, because I'd get a little bit wizzy. Yeah. Well, now I know if you don't use the gabapentin up, what it can actually do to you. Okay. So the after my operation, the surgeon had said to me, um, you'll have the surgery. If it's a success, you'll wake up and you'll probably have little or no pain, but it's likely to come back in a week or so for a week or so mm. um, as the inflammation kicks in around the area. Mm-hmm. They said, so keep taking your gabapentin because um, that'll just help you manage it rather than because you have to titrate it up and down. Yeah. So, sorry. Okay, fine. Well, I woke up the next day, no pain. My foot was warm. Do you remember my cold yeah, foot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my foot was warm, <laughs> no pain. Um, at all and apart from a problem in the hospital with them not being able to authorize my gabapentin um, because I've never seen such a large dose um, when I when I went back to taking it on the previous maximum dose I lost three days I'd fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then not remember actually talking to somebody. Uh So I had to titrate it down and I and I reduced it, I think, from four each time to two or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, so having not experienced the side effects (laughs) of taking it when your body doesn't need it. Interesting. There are massive side effects to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was off that within a fortnight. Yeah. And I am, I'm touching my table, my wooden table. Me too. Yeah. I am pretty much pain free all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, been discharged from the surgeon. The only time I can feel it. So the things that aggravate it a little bit, and I don't know whether this is in my head to some extent, are repetitive high-impact activities. Mm-hmm. Um, not running, but things like hit mm. or big jumps and things like that. Um, and when I say I get pain, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm talking 1 yeah, yeah. or 2, not so if that's all the pain that I ever have again <laughs> in relation to my back, I can cope with that. I don't yeah. need any medication yeah. for it. And it's just like, oh, but it's more of a, oh, I can feel something <laughs> rather than, oh, that's painful. Yeah. So, um, and I, every now and again, I'm a little, I'm still a little bit that 
you know, I'm still doing my neural glide quite regularly mm-hmm. um, in slump and side lying. So every now and again, um, that feels a little bit tight. But that's probably more just general tightness. And there's probably a little bit of scar tissue around there. So, mm. But a few of those on a morning, jobs are good. And Fantastic. I my toes again now as well. Yeah. Yeah, with straight legs. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Brilliant. Yeah. Because I remember our last conversation, you ended it by saying optimistically uh, that um, if, when we talk again uh, this time next year, uh, so that'll be this summer, you said, if I'm sore, it'll be from doing a triathlon, not from my sciatica. And yes. despite everything you just said, it looks like we might still be on track for that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. If, if there is ever another triathlon. <laughs> That's um, another thing, yeah. Due to COVID, yes. In theory, I've done a reverse triathlon already um, in training about two and a half, three weeks ago, just before Christmas. I all in one day I I did a I did it the wrong way around, but a swim bike run, but the the wrong way around. So I have put all those three together. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, um, I go back to Mallorca, hopefully coaching. Um, so I need to be able to swim bike run for a fortnight out there but yes with any luck I'll be entering something this year (laughs) fantastic (laughs) um and so I have a few questions when the pain came back you you said you were closing the gate or or opening the gate um was it exactly the same as um the previous two times did it feel a bit different Uh, no this was instantaneous Mm -hmm. so whereas the others I guess crept up on me um th- this I'd well I say it's instantaneous it wasn't actually if I think about it I'd I'd put in a few training errors um in in the week before I'd gone I'd done a run so I was getting better and I was managing it um and I'd done a hard interval session um which had been fine but I'd been a bit stiff in my lower back Mm. um, after that and I was having an easy day the next day and we went walking um, but we ended up getting lost and we were off the beaten track climbing over all sorts of stuff and it was twice as long as it should have been so an easy day didn't turn into an easy day Um, and I think there'd been one more incident before that where I'd done a very big heavy climb on my bike and it and that was too much for me so um I teetered on the edge for a few days and and yeah and that obviously um I didn't realize that the gate was going to be the precipitating factor because I'd actually gone right I'm gonna have a fortnight doing yeah yeah unfortunately (laughs) other than doing nothing to get out to go to work that's what happened um, Pain-wise, um, it was instant like the first time. So it, it was like bending over to pull the sheet off the mm. bed. I bent down to push the gate, lock the gate open, um, and I, I, I couldn't move. It was searing pain all the way down my leg mm-hmm. from, from my glutes to my toes. And return of that... Uh... No, it wasn't numbness you said but it was like altered sensation in the foot yeah so um yeah not not numb um 
cold, cold foot. So I was back to wearing a sock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and not not pins and needles. It, it was just felt different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just felt different. Um, and uh, but yeah, but the pain the pain was excruciating. Mm-hmm. Was the decision to have the surgery quite straightforward? Sounds like it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no like. There was no. I mean, the, the surgeon said. You know, there are a number of options. Wait and see. As like, yeah, I've done that. Um, yeah. Conservative management. Yeah, I've done that, um, and it did work. Um, you could have a steroid injection to wait to pro- provide, take the pain away to provide the time for it to heal, um, and that was probably an option I would have considered back in February when it had settled down so quickly but actually given how many times it had happened it was obviously going to keep happening again mm-hmm, and again mm-hmm. even though there might be five years in between it five years in between it it was going to keep happening um and I'm self-employed now so yeah. I have to be able to work yeah so yeah. I, I think those and, and I've lost so much time in terms of life, fitness, getting on with things, enjoying what I like to do. It was just like, this is this is just boring now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. What was your experience of being uh, a patient, like an inpatient? Um, prior to surgery, I probably was a bit annoying. Um, it, it was it was good, um, you know, and, and because it was private, mm. it went through relatively quickly, although it still felt like it dragged for ages and ages and ages. Um, and so, but but in at the end, it was probably six to eight weeks, which is not a lot of time. But when mm. you are in that much pain, it, it feels like it goes on forever. Um it was a relatively smooth process to get into the hospital, even with even with COVID um, kicking off at the same time. I'd made contact with the physios before <laughs> to try and get a protocol yeah. post-operatively to see what I should be doing, could be doing, etc. Um, they didn't have a protocol okay. um, for it, so. I, in the initial couple of weeks after my op, when I wasn't having any physio from from the operation, from the hospital, um, I spent that time kind of researching what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. I think for me, post-operatively, um, if I'm hand on heart, I didn't really follow their physio advice. Yeah. What was their um, advice? It it was it was the exercises that were given were very very basic, um, knee rolls, bridges, that type of thing. And this, bear in mind, this was three weeks post op. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, well, if I can't do a knee roll and I can't do a bridge. 
I can't get in and out of bed. Mm -hmm. And I have been doing that for the last two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) So so actually those exercises are fine for the first few days, but probably do more than this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd, I'd found a, a rehab protocol for um, it's a research paper for a, I think it was a hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I contacted the physio who wrote the paper and you're going to ask oh, me who it is now, aren't you? And I can't remember what his name is. I'll have to look it up for you. Yeah. Um, and said so I was following this protocol. Is there any, I told, you know, went into what I'd had done and, and things. Um, and it actually worked really well. So it was still progressive but it, it kind of moved me quicker from doing abs activations in Supermans into progressive loading. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, if you think about life, once I've got over the, you know, the, f- the first two or three weeks where there's actually tissue healing repair going on then you're going to be doing things like bending down and touching mm-hmm, your toes because mm-hmm. you can't put your socks on and you're going to lift more than half a kettle because you know if you've got small kids yeah yeah there's not many small kids that lift way less than half a kettle yeah. so um but i do appreciate that these protocols are based on the lowest common denominator yeah yeah yeah, I think, um, but just underdosed for you and probably for quite a few people um, as well. Yes. Um, when uh, Jack Chu had his um, operation, he said that the his experience afterwards um, wasn't that great. He said some of the education um, was implying that you could never bend your back again and, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking for trouble or gossip or anything. But it, it sounds like you did. You didn't have that kind of um experience afterwards um no I would have ignored it anyway but no I don't think I did um because I think I'd already told them that I was relatively quickly I told them that I was also a physio and I was a strength and conditioning coach and I think the day that I got discharged um from physio which is about it was about six weeks in but bear in mind that was probably the third conversation that I'd had was well you know you know more than us about progressive loading Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but so I I didn't have that negative conversations but the exercises that were provided would suggest that you should be super cautious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's implied sort of yeah yes implied rather than explicit and in the long term um do you have uh, plans to avoid anything are there any certain movements that you think it's not worth doing that it's not worth doing this or do you think you'll continue to progressively load to how you were before 2016 when, when all this kicked off um no, that's that is an interesting question. Am I intentionally looking for things to avoid that I wouldn't do? Um, no. There are some things that I wouldn't have done prior to 2016, rightly or wrongly, that I wouldn't go to now. The only thing that I would say is 
if something winds it up and irritates it, I probably wouldn't go near that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I would try again. So um, I tried the hit uh, high intensity um, interval type stuff. So spotty dogs, star jumps, mountain climbers type thing. And it didn't like that. Um, now my back's fine with that. I just don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is there is something that, yeah, there is something that I do which it doesn't particularly like, but I haven't worked out yet what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and it and it's it's maybe it's maybe um just the frequency of doing it or the speed rather than if I just did one of them mm-hmm. it would be fine mm-hmm. but I haven't mm-hmm. nailed that down probably because I'm not looking to nail it down because yeah. I just do it and go yeah, yeah. it's fine I'm not and, yeah I'm not really on I'm trying not to be on high alert about yeah. it but it's actually quite difficult yeah that was sort of my next question actually was about um how it feels now when you think about your your spine um do you so can you talk a bit more about that do you feel like Mm -hmm. worried or what's it like to have a spine that someone's gone in and rummaged around (laughs) do you know the the worst bit um of that is when I realized the position because they didn't tell you the position that you're in (laughs) um when they operate and then when (laughs) when (laughs) when he said afterwards the position you're in it's just like Oh, that's not a really attractive look. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an aside. You can cut that bit out. Um, uh, rummaged around in. Um, no, I don't know, really. Mm. Um, Just forget about I, it and crack on. Yeah, I'm trying to. But I, th- I think there is something that's still in the back of my mind. Because obviously, being a physio, I see lots of people with back pain um and they say well I've been I've been told by another physio that I um that it's because I've got a weak core Mm -hmm. and then I'm like well Mm. there's nothing there was nothing wrong with my core you know beforehand no I didn't have a six-pack but there was nothing wrong with my core beforehand so and there's nothing wrong with it now. So I don't think it's anything to do with that. Not that, that you shouldn't have a strong core mm. because that's better for movement, but it's not really about that. But actually underlying all of it is I'm not really sure what are the things that I was doing that caused the issue in the first place mm-hmm. or whether it was just bad luck. Mm. Um, and there is so much out there that tells you it's because your core's weak or mm. it's because you lifted funny or it's because of this it it could be none of those or it could be all of those mm. or it could mm. be something else so it's trying to trying to not not get I'm trying to stick on that it was just unlucky yeah yeah and what I didn't do which wasn't unlucky was ignore some of the things earlier on where had I not trained through that discomfort, I probably wouldn't have aggravated the system and it wouldn't have progressed. Um, 
Um, and then I think, and then I think for me is when I do feel my back, um, it's trying to stop myself going. <laughs> oh, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but at least I can go. Oh, what have I done? Oh, the cat was on the bed last night. I've slept. Yeah, yeah. Bent round the cat, or yeah. try to rationalize it out, rationalize it out. Which I think for me is relatively easy to do because of being a physio. Think about these things all day. Yeah. Um, whereas if I wasn't, that would be that would could send you off onto mm-hmm. a whole um, catastrophizing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. And and the, so the symptoms got better really quickly after the operation as well. Um, yeah. By the sound um, of it. And did you get that rebound thing that the, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Really interesting. Because hmm. I was like, in, and yeah, so literally woke up no pain. And I hadn't had any pain medication that that day because obviously you can't take anything. So I hadn't had going from maximum dose to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I woke up the next day and had no pain. My foot was warm. I could feel my foot. Um, and yeah, I, I literally I had nothing. And then when, but he, he reminded me of this, or oh, keep taking the medicine, blah, blah, blah. And then it did come back. And my initial thought was, is this what he was talking about? Or hasn't it worked? That's yeah. actually what I thought. Or is is this it? Am I just going to have this pain? It wasn't as bad as it had been, but it, it was a oh, um, but it did go. It took I don't know, two and a half weeks, and then and then I was back to being pain free. There are certain things that increase the pain. So early days, um, I still couldn't sit for too long, and, and they tell you not to sit for too long. Um, and if I carried too heavy a bag of shopping, that hurt. Mm-hmm. Again, not a 10 out of 10 hurt. It was, but it was nothing to, oh, that's, I've, over, I've overdone it. I back off. Um, yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, yet again, Kate Charlton confounds the evidence base. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by because I guess the the again the, the kind of the party line for surgery is that if you just leave it you'll get better and you'll be the same so we could have said in 2016 the party line would be well whether or not Kate gets surgery she'll be in the same position in 2017 yeah um, that's what the evidence says but then of course it's such a corny thing to say, but everyone's an individual, aren't they? And some people have these kind of ongoing problems. And as you said, it, interesting point that, you know, you're self-employed. You can't really afford to keep seeing if it's just going to get better. Yeah. Um, even aside from the horrific pain that it sounds like you were in. Mm. Um, so yes, again, Kate proves the evidence wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't spend my whole life trying to prove <laughs> My husband might disagree with me, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, and and I don't know. Maybe maybe some of that is 
you know, the positive effect. I decided I wanted surgery. I got it relatively quickly. I thought it would be successful and it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I thought conservative management was going to work and it did for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was too much, too much riding on, on going through the, you know, not like you say, not just the pain, but work life. It, it, it was, I just couldn't have gone through all that again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I do feel sorry for people who elect for surgery and then it doesn't improve because it's something that's it, about a quarter, isn't it? The, mm. the symptom, they don't get rid of the, the pain. Um, uh, you know, and that, that was a conversation, you know, the, the conversation with the surgeon was it, it might not work. It, it, it works for the majority of people who experience leg pain, but not back pain. And again, mm. I didn't really have back pain. I had leg pain. Um, it, the surgery could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. And, you know, those were the risks. But mm. I, I checked the surgeon out, the consultant out <laughs> beforehand. Um, my friend, before I knew it, had surgery he performed a similar um, disectomy on her um, 15 years ago um, and it was successful. So, um, but I stand by, I would go to a neurosurgeon rather than an orthopedic. Mm. It's a bit rude, but um, yeah, I know they have specialists, spinal mm-hmm. orthopedic surgeons, but um, he, no. So um, I'm glad I had it done. I would be I would be more positive through my experience to be able to now to, to say to people, well, this is my experience, so don't be scared of doing that. I think I would still try um, properly try conservative management first. Um, but I yeah. Because that that did work um, for five odd years, but it's just twice in the space of six months. Mm -hmm. And and again, it was probably one of those. You see a lot of people, don't you, who have niggling on sciatic pain. So it's not bad enough that they need to necessarily take drugs regularly and it's not really stopping them from doing anything, Mm -hmm. but it's just there all the time. Um, And I think that's almost worse. Okay. Um, Because. Neither this. Yeah. What, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Surgery, surgery is a big, big thing to, to elect for um, when it, when you're not even having to take regular. Yeah. Well, they're usually taking an ibuprofen, but if they're not willing to to go down a neurogenic to see mm-hmm. if that works, mm-hmm. then why would you elect for surgery? Hard to justify a surgery, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely, much more difficult decision. Yeah, I'm really pleased it worked out for you so far. Not uh, certainly. as pleased as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything like um, 
you feel like we missed in, in that recap or do you think you got the the main parts of the story across there? No, I think so. I think, I think for me, to summarise, it's not for everybody. Um, my decision was made easier because I'd done the whole conservative management first. Um, I was... It, it was worse than it had been and I was on the maximum amount of dose and I still couldn't function um, 100%. Um, and, and the time frame, you know, so it's, it's still worth considering, although I still would recommend for people to go down the, mm-hmm. the conservative management first. Um, in Try, trying not to not to stop activities. I see a lot of people, it's like, well, I stopped running because it was painful. I stopped yeah. cycling because it was painful. I stopped doing S&C because it was painful. Um, but actually, I'm still in pain. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's like, keep going. Just maybe moderate so you're not exacerbating the symptoms so you still mm-hmm. keep it manageable mm-hmm. um and i know we've got a whole thing you'll know better for me but um that they're not giving they don't like to give neurogenics now mm-hmm. um which in some ways i think is a real a real shame mm-hmm. um at least to try them mm-hmm. but again i think i said on the first podcast i think if it's true nerve pain it will work with minimal side effects. And if it's not true nerve pain, then it probably won't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key. And it's about better probably assessment by the medical profession around who's actually presenting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the right sort of symptoms. Yeah. I tried to kind of... uh, cover that issue in the, I think it was in the same uh email that I put out with your first podcast mm. um and it's so difficult um to kind of um there's there's no there's no conclusion there's no bottom line on it uh, it's yeah. one of those annoying sort of gray area things yeah um and the only things I'm probably confident in saying is that you know it, if you if you're standing up and saying that gabapentin never works for ridiculous pain you're talking out your ass yeah. But if you're standing up and saying that it is great for ridiculous pain, you're also probably sure. talking out of your ass. Yeah. So Absolutely. there's there's somewhere in the middle where we need to talk out of something that isn't our ass. But I don't I don't think we've got like enough evidence to say no. how and when to do it, except which I think is one of the key kind of messages from both of your the conversations we've had. And it, it, it just comes back to that thing of people kind of know what their priorities are. Um, and they know what's important to them and they know how they respond to doing this or doing that and, and yeah. kind of muddling through and working it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think that with anything like that, you can, you can stop. You can't <laughs> yeah. stop the surgery. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like you either do it or you don't do it. And, and that's your decision and that's absolutely fine. But um, you, you try it. And if, if you don't like it, it doesn't work, then then stop. Mm-hmm. Don't don't keep I think that's the thing, isn't it? They're told people can be told, I've heard it in clinic, 
well, I, I was taking this, I was taking tramadol and I was taking this and I was taking, and they, they just load up and load up and load up. Well, you don't keep loading up. If that's not working, take it away and substitute it with something else. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And just to loop back in, well, there's a, there's a blue jay on my, uh, outside my window. That's nice. Uh, just to loop back and, and say as well what you, um, again, another key message from your first um podcast was it's not about doing um it's not about doing sorry i'm distracted by the bird cake uh, <laughs> it's not about activities are not on or off it's more or less basically yes. and it's yeah. it's tempting for people to put their life on hold not yeah. deliberately but just because as you said there is this idea that oh it'll get better or you know maybe it'll be better by the spring and i just have to wait and then i'll be fine um but as, as you said, like so eloquently in the first conversation, if you do that, it's going to be much harder when you start up again. Um, and so it, the best thing to do is to just that kind of iterative thing of, yeah, how, what can I do? And if I can't do that a bit less and if I can do that a bit more and so on. Yeah. Well, I, I was treating one of my patients who pops in and out um suffers with this chronic radicular pain and he's an ultra runner and he's like I'll listen to you I'll do anything you say apart from not running yeah right well I'm not I'm not going to tell you not to run and I'll never tell you I'll never tell you that that's absolutely your decision what I'm advising is you run less or run um um, split the runs up or we need you know we need to try something to find out what you can tolerate that doesn't make your symptoms worse once we found that out then we can see if we can build from there whether we can don't know mm-hmm. um and and i and i then i don't hear from this person because he then goes somewhere else yeah yeah um who's going to stick some magic tape on or or click his back or whatever and then he's all right for a few weeks or months and then yeah see him again because it's not gone away and 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 I think that's the hardest part I think as a clinician um and and the thing that I've been very conscious of we've got a long time to do all these things you don't have to do it this year you don't even have to do it next year you need to kind of think right if if I if I do what I can now I'll be able to do a little bit more in a week or in a fortnight or Mm -hmm. in six months time if you're constantly pushing over what you can do you're never going to be able to reach your long-term goal Mm -hmm. because you're overreaching your system all the time and that's that's not just um, an injury is it that's overtraining in any any regard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or not getting enough sleep you're not going to concentrate it's no different yeah. see you you've got to take the a longer term view to it and more often than not if you just if you accept once you've accepted it things start to get a bit easier and they get a bit easier psychologically as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then that makes everything feel that much mm, mm. 
easier to deal with or more manageable to deal with, maybe not easier. Mm. Yeah. We spoke last time as well about those negative cycles as well. Mm. Um, Looks like you're out of that now. And hopefully we don't have to record another podcast. I've I've done something else. That's a classic physio joke, isn't it? Hopefully you don't have to see you again. (laughs) But hopefully no more podcasts. Hopefully no more podcasts. Unless you start one on a knee. I've done something to my knee. I know what that is. Do you want to tell people again, Kate, where they can find you or get in touch with you? Oh, I have a website, which is uh, www.yop-achieve.com. I'm also infrequently still on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs> uh, and again, it's your optimal performance or your achieve. Yeah, I'm still not very good at the whole promotion, self-promotion thing for my business. Yeah. But if you're but in I Northumberland, if you're in Northumberland and anything hurts, get in touch with Kate. Or you want training, strength yep. and conditioning or triathlon. It'd be lovely to see you all. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much, Kate. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Tom. It's nice to speak to you. I hope that's been helpful. It was lovely. Thank you. Speak again soon. Yeah. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye.